0: Welcome to Simple Reflections of Christianity podcast and this is Studies in the Psalms Christ and His Church in the Book of Psalms by Andrew Bonar. This work is in the public domain and is available online. <laughs> Studies in the Psalms Psalm 18 18 colon, titled to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, Who spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies, and from the hand of Saul, and he said, When I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. To the Lord is my rock, and my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. My buckler, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. Three, I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. 4. The sorrows of death compassed me. And the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. 5. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. 6. In my distress I called upon the Lord. And cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him, even into his ears. 7. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken, because he was wroth. 8. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. 9. He bowed the heavens also, and came down. And darkness was under his feet. 10. And he rode upon a cherub, and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. 11. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Twelve at the brightness that was before him his thick clouds passed. Hailstones and coals of fire. Thirteen the Lord also thundered in the heavens. And the highest gave his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. Fourteen yea, he sent out his arrows, and scattered them. And he shot out lightnings, and discomfited them. Fifteen and the channels of waters were seen and the foundations of the world were discovered. At thy rebuke, O Lord! At the blast of the breath of thy nostrils! 16 He sent from above, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. 17 He delivered me from my strong enemy. And from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. 18 They prevented me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord was my stay. 19 He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me, because He delighted in me. 20. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands hath He recompensed me. 21. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. And have not wickedly departed from my God. 22. For all His judgments were before me. And I did not put away His statutes from me. 23. I was also upright before Him. And I kept myself from mine iniquity. 24 Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands and His eyesight. 25 With a merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful. With an upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. 26 With a pure thou wilt show thyself pure. And with a froward thou wilt show thyself froward. 27 For thou wilt save the afflicted people. But wilt bring down high looks. 28 For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. 29. For of thee I have run through a troop. And by my God have I leapt over a wall. 30. is for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in Him. 31. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? 32. It is God that girdeth me with strength. And maketh my way perfect. 33. He maketh my feet like hind's feet. And setteth me upon my high places. 34. He teacheth my hands to war. So that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. 35. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. And thy right hand hath holden me up. And thy gentleness hath made me great. 36. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me. That my feet did not slip. 37 I have pursued mine enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. 38 I have wounded them that they were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet. 39 For thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. 40 Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies. That I might destroy them that hate me. 41 They cried, but there was none to save them. Even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. 42 Then did I beat them small, as the dust before the wind. I did cast them out as the dirt in the streets. 43 Thou hast delivered me from the strivings of the people. And thou hast made me the head of the heathen. A people whom I have not known shall serve me. 44 As soon as they hear of me, they shall obey me. The strangers shall submit themselves unto me. 45 The strangers shall fade away. And be afraid out of their close places. 46. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock. And let the God of my salvation be exalted. 47. It is God that avengeth me. And subdueth the people under me. 48. He delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. 49. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen and sing praises unto thy name. Fifty great deliverance giveth he to his king, and showeth mercy to his anointed, to David, and to his seed for evermore. Psalm 18. 1-50 This is a psalm of the Lord's servant, a title given to one called to specific services for God. It was given into the hands of the chief musician on the day when the Lord had delivered from every foe. The circumstances were peculiar, and so is the style of the song. Thus 1. I will love thee is expressed by the unusual word, which can be expressed only by some such paraphrase as my bowels yearn in love to thee. And then the next term, my strength, is rare but very expressive, equivalent to, thou who hast held me up firm and fast. It is meant for a greater than David, but David's circumstances furnished an appropriate occasion for giving to the church a song such as might suit Messiah and all his members too. David's circumstances, that made him suitable to be the vehicle of this divine communication have moulded the language, but we are not to carry the allusion to his history too far. Some have supposed that there is reference in verses seven to fifteen to some tempest that helped David's victory on some occasion, but we may be content with observing that the style is colored by David's experience. Thus there. two amplifies the aver one the Lord is my, my precipitous rock, like one sam twenty three twenty eight which foes find inaccessible, my stronghold amid such rocks, like those of En-Gedi, One Sam, twenty-three twenty-nine. My deliverer, not leaving me simply to the defence of rocks, but himself interposing with his loving arm. My God, not deliverance only to me, but everything, my all in all. My, my firm, immovable rock, Isa twenty-six four, who never changes. In him will I trust. In such a one as this, may I not be satisfied? And when I go forth to the battlefield, this Jehovah is my shield, and by him I win victory, the horn of my salvation. And as I return to my encampment on yonder height, such as one Sam. twenty six thirteen 13 used to be to me, far above the reach of foes, I sing of him as my high place, the height where I repose secure. But the song was meant for the Lord Jesus very specially. It presents a singular history of some portions of our Lord's mighty undertakings, all related in such a manner as that his members, and David among the rest, might often use it for themselves. In Hebrews 2.13, Paul quotes verse 2 as our Lord's words, I will put my trust in him, to show that Christ, as our brother, lent on God, just as we ourselves would lean our weakness on almighty strength. And again, in Romans 15.9, he quotes verse 49, I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, to show Christ's deep interest in the world at large. So that we have, by means of these two references, one from the beginning, the other from the close, the whole psalm marked out, bracketed within these two quotations, as belonging to Christ in a special and indirect manner. It is, then, our brother who here sings. Hebrews 2.13, he begins with telling his younger brethren what his father, his father and ours, did for him in the day of the sadness of his heart. He is relating some of the hidden things, which are nowhere else recorded, but which fit into the time of Gethsemane's and the three hours darkness, and the earthquake, and the rending of the temple veil, things that took place in the view of other spectators than man, when the prince of the air was overthrown, and the father, with his legions of angels, came forward to deliver. The mention of the cherub in verse 10 is not to be overlooked, he rode upon a cherub. Like a king or warrior, the Lord is represented as going forth in his chariot, but he mounts, on that memorable day, a chariot whose coat of arms is the cherub. He goes forth in his cherub chariot and this is sufficient to show the errand on which he has gone out, it is redemption. For that symbol is the redemption symbol. Cherubim in paradise after the fall, cherubim on the mercy seat, with their feet touching the blood, and their whole weight on the ark, cherubim on the veil that was rent, everywhere cherubim, the four living beings of Rev. 4. Represented the redeemed. How significant to the universe, when Jehovah rose up with the symbol of man's redemption, to go forth to the aid of man's Redeemer. Let us begin, then. The true sweet singer of Israel, the firstborn among many brethren, stands on the shore of his Red Sea and sings, in verses 1 and 2, the grace and glory of his God. What a God he is, my strength, my rock, my fortress, and sea! Then comes the story of his awful conflict. He traverses the field with us, and tells us of his cries that pierce the heavens and the Father's heart, there. 3-6, A Commentary on H.E.B. 5-7 but from verse 7 to 15 what a scene of terrific incidents is open to view. The cords of the hunter death were enclosing him, and the torrents of Belial flood swollen with all the mischief of hell and hellish men, were sweeping down upon him, when his cry began to be noticed, and the father rose up. Earth shook, smoke and fire were seen by those same angels who were witnesses of the smoke and fire on Sinai, attesting the majesty of the law, and the same heavens bowed that bowed when the law was given, the same darkness attended this descent for now the law fulfiller was about to present the law fulfilled. He came with the cherub symbol, inasmuch as there was now to be redemption from the curse of the law. But there was no abatement of his glory, no obscuring of his majesty, on the contrary, there was the same covering of darkness, as when the law was given, and thereafter the same brightness shot forth. Hailstones too, as when he overcame his enemies at Bethoron, attested the presence of the same majesty and power, the same thunder uttered its voice, the same lightning arrows flew abroad. It was Israel's God and His Majesty, yes, the same that laid bare the Red Sea's channel, verses 14, 15, who then appeared in still greater displays of majesty. It was a scene not witnessed by mortal eyes, but, no doubt, scene of angels. At length, the Redeemer was delivered. He sent from above, He took me, He drew me out of many waters, verses 16-18. In vain do the scribes and elders triumph, sealing the sepulchre stone and setting a watch, in vain does Satan exult, as if he had crushed the woman's seed. They prevented me, i.e., got before me, as if between me and my refuge, in the day of my calamity. But Jehovah came, resurrection followed, with all its consequences. He stood in a large place, and soon sat down at the right hand of Majesty on high. And in that hour every member of his body was virtually raised with him, and made to sit with Him in the heavenly places in a large room. And was all this done in conformity with law and righteousness? The law was honored then, and is honored and magnified forever, by all that the Redeemer wrought. There. 20-26 declares it. Jehovah rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands has He recompensed me. Because I kept the ways of the Lord. All His judgments were before me and I did not put away his statutes from me. Yea, I was upright before him, and see. Henceforth, nothing hinders the application of his redemption work on the part of God, and on man's part there is nothing required but the poverty of spirit that is willing to receive a gift. Pride, that caused the fall, hinders the rising again of the fallen. For thou wilt save the people that are poor. But will bring down high looks, there. 27. Our brother, having brought us thus far in his history, tells us once more of the Father's love to Him and His people, and how fully the Father, who equipped Him for the former struggle, has equipped Him for whatever remains for Him to do. Verses 28-35. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into His hands. He seems suddenly to remind the Father of this, verses 35-36 in preparation for what is coming, saying, Thy gentleness hath made me great. Then follows the final assault, long deferred, upon his unyielding enemies. Verses 37-42, It is evidently the day of his second coming, for we hear the cry, v. 41, When there is none to save, the master has risen up and shut to the door. Rocks and mountains cannot shelter foes, any more than could the cave of Makeda the five kings that fled to it. Our Joshua calls them out, and puts his own foot upon their necks. v. 40, Compared with Josh. 10-24 and then his earth subdued under him. There. 43, 44, 45. Isaiah 52-15 is fulfilled, nations coming to him, as did the Queen of Sheba, attracted by the report of his grace and glory. The Lord alone is exalted in that day. The glory resounds to him, verses 46-48, and is the watchword or congratulatory acclamation, 1 Kings 1-25, 31, All the earth, Jehovah liveth. Jew and Gentile are seen in union, for the deliverer, Ver. 49-50, declares his celebration of Jehovah's name among the Gentiles, while he shows kindness to David and his seed forever. Well may we join with all the members of our head, made more than conquerors in him, and enjoying our share in all these triumphs along with him, well may we join in the exclamation of there, 50. Thou who makest great the salvations of his King. The full, Salvation work wrought out by our appointed King, is called, and these things are all done in the way of might and majesty. But now see how we too may sing all this, even as David could sing it, as well as David's son. We sing of our deliverances, and remember all the while that the source of them was God's rising up for us in all His power, invisible yet awfully great. And then in there. 20-27, we, like David, may speak before the Lord of the righteousness we have got, and of the purity He Himself has bestowed. It is with our eye on Christ's righteousness imputed, and Christ's Spirit imparted, that we so sing, humbly declaring what He has wrought for us. As for ver. 28-36, they tell our experience to the life, and as for ver. 37-45, they tell, in our case, of the day when we shall share with our head, in bruising Satan under our feet, and when Revelation 3-9 shall be fulfilled. What are we that we should be called upon to join in such a song? What are we, Lord, that thy son should be our elder brother, and work all this for us? Enable us forevermore to love, serve, glorify, and follow fully that Savior who was saved when he took our place. And never may we sing this psalm but with burning love to him, as we think of the righteous one saved and glorified.